Hi everyone, my name is Darren Griffith and you're very welcome to the 11th episode of the LUSK Athletic Club podcast. Thanks as always for listening and please like, share, follow and subscribe. So you're tuning in to a special feature episode on LUSK AC at the Berlin Marathon. Three LUSK AC members ran Berlin last week and I had the chance to catch up for a chat with two of the participants. So here's my interview with Stephen and Paddy. So hi everyone, I'd like to welcome LUSK AC club members Paddy Downey and Stephen Devlin to the podcast. Paddy and Stephen, as well as fellow club member Mo McDermott, recently ran Berlin Marathon and were keen to hear all about it, all from securing tickets to the run and to the after party. So just to say, uh, I know Paddy and Stephen well, as we, we regularly train and race together. So you're very welcome, guys. How are you, Darren? Good to be Thanks, here. Darren. Uh, so look, we'll, we'll kick off with you, Paddy. Would you like to sure. introduce yourself and maybe tell us a bit about yourself? Um, uh, so I'm Paddy Downey. I am originally from Kilkenny. Uh, came to college in Dublin in 1997 and I've been in, living in Lusk since 2003, so 20 years. And uh, married to Rosalie. She's South African, so we're deep, knee-deep in the rugby at the minute. And uh, I've got two boys and one girl. Brilliant. And a little bit about your running, done, done what's around um, state? Joined the club, gosh, it's two years ago now. I had been out training for the Bel- uh, Belfast Marathon in 2021, out uh, around the back roads, actually, in Luskin Ballyball. And I had met Lusk AC club members doing their long runs, turned up in Belfast, and all the same people were there, and we were all staying in the same hotel. So they all had good days out in Belfast, and I didn't particularly uh, have a good race that day. So I joined the club the following week. I figured something must be working. And uh, yeah, loved it ever since. Brilliant. For sure. Brilliant. Stephen, what about yourself? Uh, Stephen Devlin. I'm living in Dunemer and Lusk for about 22 years, but I'm living in Lusk itself for about 27. Parents moved down. uh, So we were the kind of first wave of blow-ins into the place. Um, Married to Charlene, three kids. um, And... uh, my running, I suppose I started, well, I always done a little bit of running. I played playing football. And then when I stopped football, I was kind of doing the gym and doing it at the weekends for a bit of cardio. And and then uh, the lockdown came. So the, the gyms obviously were closed and I kind of didn't do anything. Sure. Uh, and then I think it was the second lockdown where, you know, remember it kind of stopped being crack when you were drinking a bottle of wine every night. <laughs> So I said, I better start doing something. Like <laughs> losing feeling, my feet. No, this I was I get out and I start doing Soon a bit. Yeah. So like it was, it, so I kind of went from there. So that probably would have been, would have probably start taking it seriously in around towards the end of 2022. And I would have joined the club then in the new year. Um, and I kind of really enjoyed it because I was kind of gearing up to go to Belfast and the kids were already in the club. So, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed running in company. I never thought I would. Thought I'd always be solo, have music in my ears. That You mean you wouldn't have the crack with people, but like, yeah, definitely. Even to the extent that when I was doing Belfast, I kind of started saying, God, I better go start running on my own because I'm not going to have anybody there beside me on the day. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, kind of going from strength to strength. Uh, then we start kind of, after that marathon, start taking it a bit more serious and it's been a bit definitely less crack since <laughs> <laughs> things have gone downhill but uh, here look hang on to the mic there because uh the next i suppose the next question just uh obviously you ran berlin and just really to check in why why you wanted to run berlin and we'll, we'll kick off with you Stephen, first um i suppose with berlin um after dublin last year i kind of wanted to change a few things wanted to do this kind of base build and you know the way everybody talks about doing this i wanted to do core work 
because I felt that that's where I was I was uh, weak in Dublin. Like you know what I mean. So I done that over the New Year, and I think coming into the uh, the January I was really strong. I was after doing a lot of miles. I was building up. I think it was actually after talking to Mo McDermott. And he was kind of saying, look, you need to be kind of doing a kind of a minimum of 80k a week. And I was kind of saying, well, if I'm doing like 70 odd easy, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe one kind of speed during the week. That's what I do. So I kind of kind of done the cross country in the start of January. Is that the word? Yeah. The Rohini and St. Dan's. Didn't really enjoy that. Don't like doing that. Um, but I do like the, the, the five mile. And that was towards the end. I remember the three of us went up and done that. And um, I had a great day that day. I was really, really at that course up. And it wasn't the greatest of conditions. A little bit breezy that day, I think. And, well, I did have this kind of a, a knee thing going on. Bit of a niggle, but you know one of these niggles that once it warms up, you're grand. <laughs> uh, I was subsequently out for two months after that. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's where that was. But anyway, uh, uh, I had a great day that day. And I think before that, because I could feel myself getting so much stronger, kind of, I started looking into the idea of doing Berlin. I think you might have already been. Mm, yeah. So, and I, um, I kind of said, you know what, maybe, maybe I will. And, I was looking at the Irish sites and they were absolutely robbery like, you know what I mean? Like they were looking for 1,200 bucks or something like, you know what I mean? Because it was a neighbour that said to me and said it might be reasonable, but they certainly weren't with things. Obviously, everything has gone up slightly. So um, I went on to the Berlin Marathon website mm. and uh, they have these kind of sports operators and I didn't go to any of the big guys. I started kind of, I went right down the list and there was a team, uh, oh, I don't know, I can't remember the name. I don't come yeah. Pop it in the program notes. Yeah. We can, we can, no problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. I give you the name, and they they were great. Your man was sound. I paid a small deposit, and I kind of forgot about it then. Like I wasn't really interested. It was kind of in the back of my mind. Like, and then when I got injured, I was kind of less. I was just like, thank God these guys aren't looking for money quick. Like, you know what I mean? Because uh, I'm not going to pay in a minute. Uh, but uh, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Do you want me to keep going? Well, no, that's good. So, so you you were looking for a different experience anyway, and, and yeah. It was, and you, yeah, well, I, think things. I, I think I, I decided that I'd have Berlin and then I'd have Dublin. So I'd have two shots at um, putting in a decent decent run or two epic failures as it will turn out. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to that <laughs> later on. Paddy, what about your motivation? Why um, Berlin then? It, to be honest, it's fairly different. I had this idea that I wanted to run the six marathon majors. It was really that simple. And five of them are incredibly difficult to get into. And as Stephen said, so it was actually Christmas. Um, myself and some friends who were over in Berlin actually last weekend, but weren't able to run, they were injured. Um, Berlin is kind of uh, different, I suppose, to the other five in that hotels get tickets with the rooms and they list all of the travel agents, as Stephen said, on their website. So even though we lost out, we all entered the lottery, we all lost out, we all figured that was it. Actually, you just needed to email one of those people on the Berlin mm. website. I emailed the UK uh, I think it was the official UK travel agents for Berlin Marathon, uh, who have since asked if he has London tickets, and of course he doesn't because they're like they don't it doesn't work like that for London. And uh, but yeah, we there was no problem. We got a bib. Um, I think it was about a two hundred euro premium. Now the ticket for Berlin, let's say, is about two hundred euros. I think I paid four hundred and ten. But with flights and accommodation and everything else, a two hundred euro premium to get into a, uh, one of the majors. That that's why I want to do it. We had obviously it's a it's a the course is pretty generous, you know, the weather can be good, all of those things. Um, and out of Berlin, uh, literally this morning I got Boston. Uh, and Boston you have to qualify for. So, uh, I mean, so to speak, there's number two in the bag already. Got the confirmation email literally this morning. 
and um, uh, speaking to one of the club members this evening, I think I'll get Chicago from my Berlin time as well. So, you know, and I'll, and I'll be able to hopefully line that up, which I guess is a little bit more than 12 months away. So for me, it literally was just the idea that I would do the marathon majors. I don't like at all the idea of doing small marathons. Marathons are hard. I mean, we don't do them because they're easy. We do them because they're hard. I don't really want to be down in the middle of the countryside somewhere on my own at mile 20 uh, when you could be in Berlin or New York or somewhere and nobody cares how fast or slow you're going. So when when or if the wheels came off, you know, you're still doing a big city marathon. So that was kind of it for me. And there's a lot of big marathons around now. But uh, yeah, it was. I wanted to do one of the majors and see what the crack was and uh, definitely didn't disappoint on that front. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, good stuff. So look, uh, that was my dog Ringo there barking in the background, so we hope uh, he'll be Shout quiet. out to Ringo. Yeah, shout out to Ringo. So look, that's, that's great. Uh, plenty of uh, options for people to uh, try and get a ticket for, for Berlin. Um, let's maybe move on to training. Um, so uh, look, Paddy, you have the, you have the mic and then we, so you can go first. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about your Berlin-specific training block? <laughs> and you can talk a little bit yeah. about your lead up to that block so as well, whatever works. The, I mean to start at the finish my training block for berlin is probably the best training block i've ever done there's no doubt about that because i got through the block and i didn't get injured which is the only two things i suppose you want to do at the end of the day the block themselves um you might remember we met i think over in rush uh, we all sat down and tried to figure out what plan we might do and we were between three different plans i suppose and three different theses if that's even no that's not a word is it uh with three different plans and three different ways of of getting to the start line um i basically picked between the sub three hour training plan and the 310 training plan uh, i'm pretty sure stephen the speed sessions we both did were the same in both plans stephen was doing the sub three plan uh and the only difference was the long runs at the on the sundays mine were kind of long draggy runs which we had done for dublin last year uh, versus putting blocks of marathon pace in there i suppose which i had done on a few of the weeks as well but i was up on 90 i think i i went back and it's a, i did a 12-week plan actually instead last year i did almost a full 20 it was too long i was dying for the marathon by the end um so this year i finished on shockland took a week off and had 12 weeks literally to marathon day so it was 10 hard weeks and there was an average of about 90k a week um but for me uh, that's a lot of miles but i definitely learned last year that the easy runs have to be done easy i mean i know we all hear it we all read it everybody says it but once you get up in that mileage, I was running up. Uh, so I did a standard five run week. So two easy runs, a speed session, a tempo session and a long run. Uh, the two easy runs were the ones that were run on heart rate. I just stayed in the middle of zone two. And I suppose that's definitely maybe another tip if it is that everyone should be wearing a, a heart monitor strap. Don't use the heart monitor on your watch. It's just not right. And um, have your heart zones correct. So if you're going to look at heart rate for when you're doing those easy runs or any run, you need to make sure you're recording it correctly. Um, and I was happy that I had all that right. And yeah, it definitely worked. By the time I got to the end of week 12, the pace on my easy runs had, had increased quite a lot running at the same heart rate, which is the whole point um, of running at heart rate. So, but yeah, that was my training. As I said, a standard run, five run a week over 10 weeks and got through it pretty uninjured. Uh, I did do uh, everybody talks about strength and conditioning was the flavor of the year. I think this year I did a 10 minute core workout on the four times a week. So my two easy days and my two rest days, because I just couldn't do them on the session days. It's not possible. And I don't know how, to be honest, uh, when I was doing that kind of mileage, I couldn't figure out how people were doing 
lots of strength and conditioning or gym work. I just had to rest on the rest days. But that was the only uh, non-running, I suppose, work that I did. I think it definitely stood to me. It helps for the for form, especially in those marathon, when especially late in the day. But um, but yeah, that's how my training. Yeah, so went. What, what were the sessions that you looked forward to and the ones that you dreaded? Oh God, the sessions that you look forward to. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Easy answer. I much prefer the speed work to the tempo work. Uh, <laughs> the if I split up the tempos, I can do them all day long. If they're like 16, 18K long, those are the sessions without a shadow of a doubt that you kind of have to really build yourself up for. The speed sessions that we used to do every Tuesday, I could eat them up all day, to be honest. I have no trouble with those, but you're stopping and starting so often, it, it probably should be the way. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that was definitely for me, which maybe doesn't make me sound like a marathon runner at all, but... Uh, then you show up on marathon day and somehow it just works you yeah, know yeah. and other race days too uh, you know we were struggling with tempo runs uh, uh, the three of us when we were training i think was it for dunshockland and i think darren you were flying on your tempo runs and we couldn't we couldn't match what you were doing but the reality is we're all different and we should have been splitting them up come race day we all did the same race you know yeah, which was yeah. great so it does come together uh, and you do have to I suppose trust the the training process you know yeah, so Stephen, you, you up next, please, in terms of uh, your kind of Berlin-specific training, like anything you did different, anything uh, interesting? Well, I suppose it kind of, uh, like I was saying, after the five mile, I need to take two months out through injury and illness. And it was kind of frustrating because, you know, when you're kind of, you're at that kind of base building and everybody's like, you need to be hitting this for a 5K, you need to be hitting this for a 10K, 10 mile. If you're not doing this, then you can't, you don't know what you're going to be training for and, that was frustrating that I, I just wasn't running at all. So when I came back, so that was February and March. I came the very, the start of April and I kind of targeted the Dunshockland uh, 10K. Um, I said that was going to be my first race back, like, you know what I mean? So I kind of was all about just building myself back up, building myself back up, got to that race, done pretty good races, pretty yeah, good time. Yeah. Um, I think it was 39 minutes just over, but I had to bloody stop one of my shoes came loose and I had to try my lace so. I remember seeing but I was, what was, I was happy, like I was happy able to get up and go like you know what I mean like so I kind of knew that I was kind of in that kind of mindset where I could go and start training for a marathon again so like that was about 12 or 13 weeks and um, the I went with the sub 3 plan because I was just like oh, do you know what I could be injured <laughs> like, I could never run again next year mother. like I'm out for 6 weeks I feel like I've never run in my life <laughs> So I said, right, I'm not going through that crack again. I said, I'm going to go for it. Like, you know what I mean? I said, I'm going to be going over. I'm going to do a flat marathon. I'm going to give it everything. Um, so the, the, the sub-tree plan is really intense. I, I, I actually think it's too, too hard, hard on the body. I think like that, it was a five-day uh, race, but two of them weren't key races. They were easy. So it was like three sessions a week. So even on the long runs towards the start, the, the it was... 10 at 440 10 at 4.30 or maybe a little bit more and then like a, a few a marathon pace at the end this was right at kind of early on like you know what i mean so it was quite quite hard going the speed sessions like that i love speed sessions because you're running dusted in an hour like you know what i mean that you can you get back around to the hub to collect the kids you're 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 wrapped like you know what i mean uh the thursday tempos it was something that i hate tempos but I, because i but i knew after training for Dublin last year. So like, this is something that I, there's a reason why I hate them because I'm bad at them. Like, you know what I mean? So I said, this is something I need to concentrate. And I definitely think at this race, but I got the grips with them much better. Like, I really, yeah. Them. yeah, yeah. Well, like there was, a, there was, but like it was too, 
the fact that I was given forgiven, like I was doing around eighty k a week. I think I averaged around eighty k a week, but I'd say at least sixty of them were high intensity. Yeah, like it. I wasn't. I wasn't doing. But the only easy ones were the ones when we warm up and warm down. Do you know what kind yeah, of way? Yeah, like the sessions, yeah. like so. Like I was forgoing the kind of Tuesday and Thursday easy runs or whatever it might be. Like you know, sandwiched in between your sessions because. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. It was just too intense. I said, if I go out even doing that 10 easy on a Tuesday evening, I'll be knackered for the Wednesday. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So there was one week around five weeks before that I'd done that. I looked and I'd done 100 kilometers at race pace in two weeks. And I was, I was all right. I was holding up. It was fine. Uh, getting towards the end of the block, I start getting shin splints. And I think... It was a couple of, it was a speed session that we'd done. Uh, the runners were kind of old, they were knackered, but I wasn't going to wear the new ones, not the race ones. Like, obviously not, you know what I mean? Need that carbon and all its energy ready for race day. But I think when I get tired or if I'm running too fast, I get kind of slappy, like I'm, I'm hammering straight down into the ground. I think that's kind of my form goes. And I think that's where I start getting developing, particularly in one leg, I start getting shin splints. And uh, it would kind of happen at a good time. It was kind of right when I started to taper. Yeah. But I found in the taper, like I was ha- had to give myself, there was a gap of I think six days before I, I ran. Yeah. So kind of distorted me taper a little bit, but not too much. And if you're going to get injured, that's the time where you're going to be able to give yourself uh, yeah. a chance to recover. Like, you know what I mean? What did the physio say about the shin splints? Is it anything to do with calves at all? Or um, Yeah, they were kind of saying, but... Uh, um, he, I went around to I went around to Alan over yeah. Super Value and he kind of he was kind of saying yeah there's the way it kind of comes down wraps around your ankle and goes under your foot he said that's is that sore and I was like yeah he just goes look it's the muscle all along it's uh, whatever it's one of his three muscles there yeah, under yeah the just something them, it's yeah. attached to the bone and that's yeah. what's causing it's yeah. causing the irritation like you know what I mean but look we, we know what it is you know what I mean when I start yeah. wearing kind of good shoes again it start feeling better. And so like it really is kind of something that if you're a good pair of training runners, like, you know what I mean? Like you need them, like, uh, don't try to don't run things into the ground. Certainly when you're not doing speed work, it's something that I would definitely going forward. Kind of, yeah, it's yeah. not worth it. Okay. That's a good one. You know that. And I know to say to, to runners kind of, go, oh, you're not spending enough money on, you're not spending enough money <laughs> on shoes. It's right. a, a bit of a joke, but like you do kind of, <laughs> you do, you're just like, oh God, if she sees me buying another pair of runners and in trouble, yeah. you know yourself. So look, I suppose in summary, you, you had two good training blocks. Granted, though, Stephen, you, you had the shin splints come on there two weeks out and, and that did affect, affect your taper. But So look, I suppose uh, then in terms of you were getting ready to go over to, to Berlin, maybe, Paddy, what about the, the, the flight over and the experience of going over? What was that like? Um, I went over on, I'm trying to think, marathon was Sunday. I went over Friday morning, first thing, actually, 6 a.m. flight. Uh, the flight over was uh, about three quarters runners, uh, people running the marathon. The flight back, if the, if Berlin Marathon had chartered a flight, they wouldn't have put as many runners on the flight back <laughs> on Monday, actually. Um, but, uh, no, the flight over was very obviously runners. Um, uh, people, people walking up and down the plane in carbon-plated shoes was a bit odd, uh, you know, not looking. <laughs> well, so but, they didn't pack the runners, yeah, was it? <laughs> well, I, I guess they were traveling extra yeah. light, but... Uh, um, yeah, so I, when I landed in Berlin, we went, myself and a friend went straight to the expo on the way into the city. Uh, the expo is held in the old Berlin airport. Uh, I mean, it's real Cold War vibes. It's just a big old uh, airport hangar. And 
like it's huge and they have all of the exhibitors and you go in there to get your bib and it's pretty strict you you get a as you can imagine uh, it, it's pretty strict you get a what you call the armband thing put on first then you get your bib you have to go everywhere you go you have to have the two of those things for the race on sunday and it's just to stop people transferring bibs after picking them up so they really uh, and when you pick up your bib you have to have your passport with you with all of the correct details and they check everything so yeah, it's very yeah. difficult to maybe if someone is looking to do it next year and they get injured it's just not going to work if you think you can just get someone else to pick up the bib or anything like that it just doesn't work they won't allow it but um and the expo then of course like all expos is is huge and is trying to sell you all sorts of uh weird and wonderful things um you, you, i think you were a soccer for some of the, that merchandise were you or was uh, it after well no so uh, actually quite the opposite <laughs> i the, the 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 majors all have a jacket that everybody buys and i mean the whole world and their mother bought the jacket and I said, well, if I do well, I'll buy the jacket. So I, <laughs> I bought it on adidas.ie on discount on Monday in the air- when I was sitting in the airport <laughs> watching everybody else in their jacket getting on the flight to Dublin. It actually just arrived today. Yeah, and then I suppose uh, got from the expo and it's, bear in mind, it's, what is that, Friday and Saturday. Like, I would be, like, uh, I'm properly less fun, if you can imagine, than I usually am. Uh, for the Saturday and Sunday before the marathon. So everybody else I was staying with, (laughs) if you can imagine that. Um, Everyone else is going out sightseeing around Berlin because they're not running. So I'm running. Uh, So I'm staying in, carb loading, feet up watching the Solheim Cup. Oh, dead right, dead right. Solheim Cup was on uh, Ireland Plate, South Africa. Uh, My wife came over on the Saturday uh, fully bedecked in her, uh, Rosalie came over fully bedecked in her South African gear and jersey. And the match started, I think, at 9 p.m. on Saturday night before the marathon. Uh, and there was this monstrous big television, like your own TV there, Darren. Um, in, uh, well, my house doesn't get robbed that bad on, on my TV. Uh, so the, be in a studio. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're in a studio, sorry. Um, yeah, so the... And the match started at 9 o'clock on uh, Saturday night. And, of course, it ran for over two hours. So the great... So let's say that the night before was the night to be getting the, all the sleep. And... Um, but yeah, look, it's, I think going over to Berlin, I was, was the Dick Hooper podcast just last week? Yeah, it was. And it? I think he said in that podcast, um, you won't get faster on race week, but you can get slower. Yeah. And I just had that stuck in my head that like you can, you could do an awful lot of things in the days leading into the marathon. And even just looking at other people, the amount of people out walking the day on Friday and Saturday and sightseeing and doing this and doing that, you think you've got a marathon to run. And you've trained for three months you know why would you yeah, i wouldn't say throw it away but why would you up, give yeah. yourself even yeah so there's uh, and i suppose i was there we were both there to race we were we were chasing times there's no doubt about it so i just didn't want to have any jeopardy whatsoever i even went as far as bringing half my own food that i ate in the airbnb that we stayed in and we had somewhere to obviously prepare the food um and that's what i everyone else went to we're eating ramen noodles from the restaurant downstairs and I'm having my white rice <laughs> because that's what I, and like look at I don't do the pasta uh, and the white rice works for me so I have a format that works on those two days into the into the marathon I don't run either of those days they're literally feet up so yeah the Solheim Cup was my savior uh, to watch so I watched golf for two straight days uh, in Berlin in an apartment which sounds terrible sounds as bad as it was no, did the trick uh, did on the trick. my lonesome but um, but yeah, I did the trick, and, and like that's why would you show up and try and do yourself uh, any kind of damage before the race starts, you know? Definitely. So I know you travel separately. So Stephen, do you want to cover that off as well? Just maybe your journey over and your experience at the expo. Yeah, I'll try and keep it a little bit shorter than Paddy. I felt like I lived every second of my flight with him. 
Go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I went over the Friday afternoon and um, had to get the bloody bus up to the airport. I would have given you a lift yeah, if you I would have asked and all. Um, but anyway, we got up there. I think the flight was in the kind of early evening. Got over for nine o'clock. Uh, I was lucky enough, I, uh, the place that, that I booked, it was only a kilometre from the start, but it was, it was like a half a kilometre away from Berlin Central Station. And a really cool thing about when you do a marathon in Berlin is you get a travel ticket, mm -hmm. four-day travel ticket, yeah. which means you can get on any public transport for free. You don't have to sweat about tickets or anything. Not that there was any ticket inspectors knocking around, <laughs> but yeah, you, you it, it was really handy. And the, their public transport is light years. Like when you compare, like Dublin shut down the trains that weekend. You know what it's, I mean? It's these, guys, yeah, these, <laughs> these guys, these guys give you tea for free. Like, you know what I mean? And there's trains every couple of minutes. So that was brilliant. So I was right beside Central Station. I think when I went out to the expo then, because it, it was so late when I got in, I went out the next morning. Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's an experience, that big old airport, like, you know what I mean? It's really well done, but very easy in and out. I wasn't, I didn't spend long around. Uh, I did, wasn't interested in buying any of the, the, the crap, like, you know what I mean? Uh, the queues were too long. Well, you're, you're fitted out here in brand new uh, Lusk well, gear. Yeah, gear. Tractors, this is, yeah. well, I thought this would come. I'm in the brand new Joma gear. Yeah, um, it looks, looks good. Uh, it, it fits the size, I'd say. Um, <laughs> If it, like, you know what I mean? It's not Better really... keep training, I'll watch it. But, um, yeah, so I left there. I was, I, I, I didn't get it. I did get off at Checkpoint Charlie. Um, just have a look. Yeah, just have a look. Uh, not much going on. Yeah, yeah. I knew I'd see the Brandenburg case then the following day. So I said, you know what? It's a, it's a wrap. That's everything covered. <laughs> so then I spent the rest of the day going around looking for... Uh, uh, nipple cream that would go crack. Uh, trying to explain lubricant <laughs> in a chemist. <laughs> you told that we had gotten body glide in the expo, but it was. Well, oh, I thought it was, it was shower gel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it would be German isn't up to scratch. That could have been a major failure. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. Um, um, but um, yeah, I ended up putting uh, K tape crosses the K tape over me, over me. Because that really works. That that's a good one. Okay, good mm. stuff. That was Sean's suggestion, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think he said uh, normal that's bog standard. Normal plasters, yeah. Bog standard plasters. But anyway, um yeah, so uh yeah, I, I found I found the whole experience of traveling over is grand. I, I got the flights for cheap. I got standby ticket off somebody that works in Aer Lingus, so yeah, so well, you were hanging around the airport on the yeah, well, I didn't know whether I'd get the seat or not, so I kind of went over in the, the Friday evening, kind of like, was well, I get it, but like, apparently, uh, there's always a case where somebody doesn't show up, so Jeez. you're able to get it. And then I, I done the same thing, even late. <laughs> yeah. and then I done the same thing on the way home, and there wasn't an issue either. Well, like, you know I, mean? I came home now the Sunday evening after the race, I didn't I didn't stay for the, yeah. the, the, the extra Were day. Were on the flight, my worst? Um, yeah, well, luckily enough, uh, uh, despite this, the flight meant to be sold out, both over and back, the seat beside me was free, which is grand, so I could show all my crap there, like, you know what I mean? So I was the like, yeah, it was it. And it was 80 quid all in, over and back. That's Brilliant. amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, that's really it from the travel, I think. All right, good so. stuff. So, uh, okay, so let's move on to race day. I think we'll go back to Paddy. Uh, do you want to tell us about your race day experience, whatever you're happy to share? Um yeah i well i mean i walked downstairs out of our apartment walked straight into another runner we introduced ourselves because we're obviously walking going to the same place early in the morning got on the underground as stephen said it just works and we were 
I think we I had to change train. It was like two five minute journeys. It was nothing. And you show up uh, outside the Brandenburg gates, walk into the park. The event itself, I would call it overstaffed. Like there are people to help with everything. It's right. absolutely bizarre how many people they have working on the marathon. The whole city embraces the marathon for the whole weekend. And on race day, like there wasn't a quiet part of the 42 kilometers. There wasn't there wasn't a five meter gap in the 20, in the, what felt like to me anyway, in the whole 42K. There was just so many people. Um, they have you know, water stations every two and a half kilometers. And there's, I mean, they must be a hundred meters long with 50 people manning each one. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. and bathrooms at the end of every aid station. And they tell you that. So every two and a half K, you know, exactly when it's, you're practically leaving one finishing water and there's another one, five, seven minutes, you know, 10 minutes away. Um, so you could nearly run without water, without holding water. You definitely could. If you were drinking it down, there was a lot of people who pull up at the, at the aid stations and down two glasses and get going again. You yeah. can see all sorts, I suppose. Um, but no, getting into the Tiergarten, Tiergarten in the morning was absolutely simple. Um, use the bathrooms, the urinals for the men, as far as the eye can see. So the, the queues were mostly the girls then for the Portaloos. So things seemed to be working. Mm. Um, where we, so we were both C. It goes from A, B, C to Not from C, was it? I saw you take it. And so we were, A, B and C were no more than 100 meters from, from Kipchoge, say. No, so you, and then they fill up the corrals. A, a, B and C are quite small corrals. Um, but A and B were being left empty, I suppose, for the, um, what do they call them? The hand bikes? Hand bikes, yeah. I think they're called hand bikes. It's not the inline skaters. There's actually, on the Saturday, there's an entire inline skate race that happens on the marathon mm. course, which apparently is amazing. The I didn't I see, see it. See. You were watching the golf. <laughs> I was watching the golf, um, which apparently is fantastic. Um, no, so the A and B are left empty so that they can f- have the bikes go first. At, I think it's 8.45 maybe or uh, just before. So there's a bit of a crush there. Then they open those corrals. Everybody piles in. Um, they load the elites from the front. I mean, the start itself is amazing. To be honest, the whole vibe at the start is incredible. Uh, massive big gantry huge um, I only watched it back actually on Eurosport a couple of nights ago where you can actually see just how many people are let's say standing behind Kipchoge at, at the go yeah. it's absolutely incredible and yet we're 80% of the way I was probably 90% of the way up in that crowd and I think according to that app tracker thing I was four and a half thousand person across the line and yet I felt like I was the start line was just in front of me yeah um so they introduce the top three elite women and the top three elite men ending with Kipchoge. And then straight away, they just say 60 seconds and it's 9.14 on the nose and the music goes down and there's like a heartbeat playing and the whole Jesus. thing just starts to build up. And you've got basically 40,000 people that are like a bullet a gate waiting to go. And uh, they sound a massive klaxon, fireworks go up in the air and off we all go. Absolutely loving life uh, in that first 200 meters. But... <laughs> But yeah, there was actually a bit of a protest, which I managed to avoid. There was orange paint put across the um, track. Oh, uh, so yeah, so they were, so we all had to run through orange paint, but you could get around it, but some people didn't. And like, that would have been a nasty way to, I suppose, almost end Absolutely. your, your race happy. quite early. Yeah. yeah. New runners. Yeah. <laughs> orange, orange paint, orange sticking to the, to stick into the course for, uh, for 26 miles. But yeah, that was just, as I said, that's the start line. The start line all, all mention, needs a mention on its, on its own. It just Brilliant. really was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in terms of your race, and then we'll, we'll get up. Um, so in terms of the race itself, yeah. my race went great. You're happy to it share. It really yeah. did, yeah. Um, I had went out looking for a, a sub 310, 
did it at a 305 so yeah. i mean well absolutely done. delighted yeah. with that um it was and because i was five minutes ahead i suppose it automatically meant i did go out too fast or at least looking at my watch as you tend to do i was trying to get the pace right for the first in i was i was lapping every 5k so again in berlin the kilometer markers are two huge piers at either side of the road and they are millimeter accurate because it's whatever a world record potentially course and then every 5k there's a huge electronic gantry with the times and everything so it's easy to see when it's coming and to lap um and i think i was running bang on my target pace literally 423 a kilometer for 5k 10k 15k um you don't meet many people on the course but there was an irish guy came up behind me saw the lusk ac jersey and mentioned lusk whatever and i chatted away to him for about six or eight nine maybe even 10k and then but those two 5ks we were speeding up now i'm doing kind of 418 a kilometer i'd gone i was like this doesn't this is too fast but my heart rate was staying down so i was happy to just let it roll along um and actually it turns out that the fellow that i ran with for 8k was the brother of the man who lives directly across the road from me for the last 20 years. Which That's Ireland he for came, you. He came across the road to me yesterday and we and he realised that his brother had said he had ran with a guy from Lusk <laughs> for a couple of kilometres and it turns out it was my next... So of all the people in the world that I actually met during the marathon, it was my next-door neighbour's brother. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're chugging along. Uh, got, I have a habit of getting stitches late in races. Happened again, right on kind of 35 to 40k. But kind of be damned if I was going to... I've kind of learned to manage it. It cost me about 10 seconds a kilometre, maybe, usually. And that's what happened. Um, past my wife and friends at the... So Berlin's a good marathon for spectating, actually. It's easy to get around because it's kind of a figure eight. So you can see people at least two or three times. And right. you'll see the leaders and whoever you're looking to support. So they were at 15k and again at maybe 39. And you round the corner for 40, there's a series of five or six maybe right hand bends and the last one you come around the corner and the Brandenburg gates is large as life about 500 meters ahead of you and I suppose for nine months I had thought about running under the Brandenburg gates that this was in my head this was the end of the marathon you know this was this meant that I had made it and I kind of whether I had a good race or a bad race this end you know the finish line the, the whole finish to Berlin was absolutely incredible you go maybe 500 meters to the Brandenburg gates once you're around that last corner and then it's 400 meters to the finish and again the race doesn't end at the Brandenburg gates everyone tells you that don't go sprinting to the Brandenburg <laughs> gates because you go to the Brandenburg gates and then you hit the the finish line the, the the blue carpet on the ground big white avenue stadium seats on both sides screaming and roaring chariots of fire music is right. playing all the way down the stretch and a massive finish line gantry and uh, yeah I must say it was a really emotional finish and you knew I suppose a kilometer or two out you knew you had a good time so it was a great way to finish the race, you know, but, um, but yeah, and then they file you through in true German efficiency, through your medal, your, I don't know, your drinks, your bananas, your beers, your everything else, and out to a family meeting point that literally is in a park and with A to Z, like bus stops up and you just stand beside, in my case, I say the D and two minutes later, the people that were out supporting me had actually just pitched up and there we were. And then, um, yeah, we went and had a couple of beers down on the riverbank for two or three hours. I left my phone off just to kind of soak it all in. It was a really nice day. It turned into a nice day, maybe a bit too hot for the race, but yeah. uh, we didn't mind when it was done. And uh, yeah, no, all in all, I, I it nearly went too good. I couldn't believe it. The race went so well, so I was delighted with it. You have to enjoy them when they go to play. Exactly, you know, cause, and that's such a true point because I've been on the other end. Uh, I've been on the other end uh, limping home and I've been on the other end finishing injured just pushing to finish a race that I probably shouldn't have so this I was 
I wouldn't go as far as to say marathons owe you nothing. So I wasn't due yeah. this, but it was nice to have the block and the taper and the Solheim Cup sitting in the house for the two days and doing all the right things and have it all kind of culminate and then actually doing the time. So, no, I was happy out. Absolutely delighted. Good stuff. Was it, was it an alcohol-free beer? Was it, or could you have it actually or? was, but it wasn't after... Yeah, it, it, we sorted that out pretty quickly. Later on, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> all right, good stuff. So, Stephen, do you want to tell us about your... So, by the way, could you see each other at the start line? Could you see Paddy at the start no, line? No, we did. no, I didn't see him. No, yeah, yeah. well, it, that was probably the only part of the race I thought was poorly organised, was right when you were going into those A, B and C lots. It was very... seemed to kind of uh, narrow in. There was meant to be... Like, it looked very good on the map that there was three or four lines you could go in. But human nature being what it is, people just followed... Obviously, there was a bit of a group. So everybody just went the one yeah, way. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and it sounded turning into a bit of a... A narrow corridor then so there was a lot of people jumping over fences jumping over the high fences as well like and then obviously the kind of the normal uh standard barriers people i know i got over one of those barriers anyway rather than having to walk down through the crowds yeah, again yeah. like and there were people who would have been because the one thing about berlin is it starts in four waves and there was a lot of people from later waves coming to see kipchoge and it was as Stephen says a real pinch point and it's on the start line to, they have to mm. go past the start line to get into your corral and there was a lot of people there who i'd say were just there to see the man himself and yeah. then get go back into their corral yeah um so um yeah well i was going for a sub tree it wasn't i, I, I thought all or nothing was, your, was yeah. your phrase you said to well, us, that, yeah. that that's it and, and like i did have a couple of disaster runs in the heat before but i've done a lot of my training and a lot of my long runs in the in pretty muggy weather over here before yeah. i went so i felt like it's just like well, it is going to be a bit warm from around halfway point, but I should be okay for it. So anyway, I went off, felt great. Thought I got my fuel in right. I stitch like mad every so time tell, I yeah, go near Tell us about it. your fuel next. Yeah, yeah that's I, I stitch like mad when I go near a gel. Yeah. Every time I eat a gel, I stitch a kilometer later. Like, you know what I mean? I, I just, I don't know what it is. I never get stomach trouble. I could eat anything I wanted. It's just that I stitch once a yeah. week. So I kind of went as on to the Martin Martin powder drinks, yeah. the three twenty, and the three twenty. So I had a bottle of that and a bottle of kind of the one sixty. So that's kind of more watery. So I, I was kind of saying like that, and I had a couple of gels on me, um. So I kind of was sipping away at that three twenty for around halfway, and I could kind of feel myself getting thirsty. And I said, "Well, look, I'm throwing this away. This is nearly finished now. I'm going to be onto the other water, and then I, you know what I mean. I can go to the stations after that, like." And I had these kind of little, instead of these kind of caffeine kind of shot mm. gels. And I kind of had them, they're just, it's just liquid. So I'm able to get them down as well. I tried them in training and they seem to go down fine. So what are they now of interest? They're these like the little, um, oh, I can't remember, they're like just like kind of a concentrated caffeine shot. Like. But there's carbs in them as well? There's no carbs in them. Okay, it's just just, just, a, just an energy. Yeah, kind okay, of yeah. yeah. Um, so I was uh, definitely halfway, felt great was keeping time, was making sure I was kind of holding myself back in a lot of the kilometers, kind of going, right, no, make sure you're tipping over. The GPS was a mile off. Like where I was thinking I was about, uh, it must have been about 100 meters after about 10K, yeah. like that the, that I was short, you know what I mean? So yeah, you're yeah. already kind of going, where I was, my watch was saying, you're bang on, I think it was 129.57. It was really 130 and mm -hmm. a half or something. Yeah. Do you know what I kind of I was about 30 seconds behind already. And I was kind of looking at that and I was I was already doing the maths in my head in 25 and said, well, look, you don't have to panic. You're going to get these uh, seconds back. You just have to make sure you're yeah. clever about it and not rush the next couple of kilometers. You know what I mean? Just get yourself ready for the, the 30 to 40 coming up. 
And then around 28, I just kind of put in a 440. I was just like, where, like, I should say that, that I had a heart rate strap on. And uh, that was that was brilliant. And I was kind of monitoring my heart rate. I was making sure that I wasn't go above this uh, threshold that I kind of, my arbitrary yeah, measurement that my watch had given me, how accurate it is, I don't know. So I was making sure I didn't go over 168 because then I'd be able to maintain this yeah. pace. But it kept, whatever way, I don't know whether I was kind of getting smaller because I was sweating so much, yeah. but it started slipping down. And I kept trying to fidget it and I was trying to lift it up. And one of the times I lifted it up, I opened the clip and it came loose in my hand. And because my watch was so loose, that wasn't giving me an accurate read from me, Harry. So that was kind of gone. So I said, look, you're going to have to do this on feel. So that's when I kind of like, but I felt I was good, whether I was kind of overcooking then and I didn't realize it, but I still felt good. Maybe it was that kind of exuberance from the race. You think yeah, you're going yeah. great. Like, so about 28, put in a 440. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, where that's, where's that after coming from? And I swear to God, after that then, it was just like my legs were zapped. Like I had nothing in them. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I struggled so much over the next four or five K. And then you get, you kind of, and I was looking at my watch, it's like, I'm no hope of getting this now. Yeah. And then I really kind of sat in, um, and I really kind of got down in myself. It was just like, you know what? This is, this is fucking brutal. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't want to be, I don't want to be here. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just absolute nightmare. So I was trotting along. And so then did you was, hit the, the, the wall as such? Or it was definitely, it was definitely came out of nowhere. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't something that like, when I, like I struggled in Dublin last year as well, but I struggled from 5k. Yeah. Like I knew I was goosed from 5k. Like, you know what I mean? I did, I wasn't traveling well. I, I didn't feel great. Like, you know what I mean? I knew I was in trouble for early. Whereas this, I, I thought I got me fueling right. Anything, maybe the 320 was too syrupy and I wasn't quenching my thirst. Yeah. And maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Or maybe it was the fact that the sun came out and I'm just not able for that yeah. kind of heat. Like, you know what I mean? Once the temperature picks up a, above a certain level, that's um, kind of like, and a couple of the bad runs would probably support that. But again, other runs that went well yeah. were in the warm weather. So I don't know uh, exactly what went wrong. But, uh, oh my God, it was, it was a tough last, certainly the last 12K. I was walking for parts of it. Like I, I never thought I'd walk in a marathon because yeah. even Dublin last year, I was just like, oh, I'm not going to get the 310. I came in at 317. I said, well, I'm not stopping. But I think it was probably more of, if I stop, I won't start again or I'll yeah. walk off. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas this, I was just like walking and then I'd kind of, I'd say, all right, okay, we're start again. Like, you know what I mean? And eventually then the last couple of K, it was okay. And I kind of, got myself back into it. I think, I don't know, I, I, once you have this kind of uh, time set in your head and you, you don't make it, do you just kind of, is there the kind of, am I, was I more ready to give up? I'd say I was. Did you have a B goal set? No. But I suppose the legs had gone anyway, so it was yeah, the B goal. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have any other yeah. goal set. Like it was just, that was the only thing I was interested in. Yeah. I wasn't interested in. But like, in hindsight, that's not something I'll do going forward. Yeah. That, what I'll do going forward is just, just like, well, your goal is a PB. Yeah. Everything after that is a bonus. And that's the way I should be looking at marathons. Not the, not kind of this kind of set myself up because of the training and you think you're, you're ready and you've done so many of the hard miles, you put it in like, you know what I mean? You've given up the, given up the drink for two days, three days. For, Living uh, like a weeks, monk as we like to say, yeah. Weeks. But uh, <laughs> look, the, 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 the support was great. Germans are very friendly people like you know what i mean a, a great support all around the the like that water station was great there were people giving you support there like because they could see that i was in trouble like you know what i mean yeah. 
there's a few old paddies around the course as well, like, you know what I mean? Like, and they could see, obviously, that the Lusk, uh, that, that, that you were from Ireland, like, and they were trying to give you a bit of support, trying to get you Brilliant. up and going, which was great as well, like, um, kind of rolling in then under the Brandenburg gates, yeah, you kind of like, yeah, that definitely was my fastest kilometre out. <laughs> so I'm not making a fucking alcohol free beer myself, for me yeah. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, seeing Kipchoge after all, right, gave him a, gave him a nod. nod, yeah. <laughs> so you see him again, I'm sure, no doubt about it. But, uh, uh, that's good stuff. I mean, look, it didn't go to plan, so I mean. The next couple of questions maybe are about your next marathon goals or next international marathon. So maybe you hang on to the mic for a sec. Like, so what, what's the next marathon you're going to run and what's... Oh, I'm you going touched to... on a little bit. What, what are you going to take from your experience, sir? Um, well, kind of like just what I said. Yeah. Like, I am, I, like, I'm going to do Dublin in a few weeks' time, providing these shin splints are grand. And I, yeah. think, they're, I think they'll be fine, yeah. uh, to be honest. But my goal is a PB. Yeah. And my PB is 3.14 in Belfast last year. I'm just, if I get one second under that, I'm happy. Good man. Yeah. And that's the way I'm going. And that's like, I'll probably carry that through into the kind of short stuff that I missed out on this year through injury. I'll do all this base building. I'm definitely going to go to the gym three times a week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to develop my core. Uh, yeah, for 40. Non-stop planks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm going to concentrate on kind of some of the smaller stuff, the stuff that I might have missed this year to kind of like... So get uh, your 5K, 10K times down. Trying to get that? the 5K yeah. down below 18 minutes or whatever. Sounds good. Like, and, uh, and similar for 10K below 38 or something. I don't know. Like I'll, I'll, I'll set some arbitrary yeah. uh, half impossible goals anyway. And, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll and then I'll blame the weather if uh, anything goes wrong. Isn't um, that what you're meant to do? Uh, then, then uh, yeah, I would like probably to do Belfast again just because I have fond memories of that yeah. one. Um, it's, it's not great in terms of the relay does be on the same time. It's been yeah, a, bit, yeah. a bit of a head wreck. But um, uh, in terms of international marathons, I might do Berlin again. Like, well, you know I, I mean? I'm I'm thinking about Berlin for next uh, year. I'll bring yeah. I'll bring you bring you back over. So, uh, but again, you can pace uh, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a that's a podcast episode right there. Stephen Devlin does Berlin unfinished business. Unfinished business, yeah. I oh, there's a few of my own fucking unfinished business. Like, Jesus Christ, I'll be invoicing like mad if I do one of these. Well. <laughs> So look, Paddy. Uh, we'll, 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 so what's what's up next for you in terms of marathon, and uh, then maybe you touched a little bit on international marathons. Have you covered those two off? Well, uh, so I'm I'm doing Dublin as well. I kept my place from last year, I suppose. Uh, before ever there was mention of Berlin, because uh, I D Dublin asks you to renew your place the days after the marathon. It's know, just it's the worst. Madness. It's the worst week of the year, and I, I, you know why they do it, of course, because we all FOMO into it. That like I love the training. I love the training with everybody. And from kind of July through to October, everybody's out doing the plans. Everyone's out doing similar runs at their own paces. Um, so it's a great time of the year, to be honest with the club. The focus just shifts yeah. to, to marathons. Um, I was counting this week that I've done in the last two years, something like 22 races for Los KC. So next, so I'm not racing Dublin. Uh, I, I am, I'm towing the line. Uh, no, Paddy, I may or may can not. Can we hold you to that now? No, I know. I, you I, on my shoulder for about I, uh, 90% of the race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I won't. No, I'm, I, and you know You're me. You're welcome, I, I, obviously. I, I'm fairly disciplined with these things. No, I won't be at all. Uh, I have in mind that I might pace uh, some people. Uh, we'll see. Uh, which, is, which, which would force me to not race it. Very good. Um, and then into next year, it looks like I might do both boston and chicago 
So the rest of the year will build around that. And then, of course, you're, as kind of Stephen said, you're back at the start of the year to the, the Rohini five mile. There's a five, you know, maybe a 5K. Uh, the Dunshock yeah. and 10K, I love it. You know, you'd like to do that again. Bormean for a half, but to get kind of representative times to see where you're at, but not necessarily be too hung up on them. I think that if I'm going to do Boston and Chicago next year, I, I'm actually half minded to do Boston, to be honest, as a family holiday and race Chicago. It's a much better course. Um, so at the moment, at least, it looks like for some mad reason, I'm going to do four mar- marathons in the next 12 months Very from today, good. if you put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not do get, Dublin. Will you try and get someone out to train with you or try and find someone that run Boston, just maybe a bit of company or? Um, well, you don't really know. I mean, I, to be honest, I was thinking about this, like the Bora Mean training we did was pretty savage last year. Mm. You know, there was a lot of lot of miles in there. Really, it's it's that with longer the long sessions, runs, yeah. you know. Um, but actually, like I'm looking forward to Dublin to enjoy. I I, lo- I enjoy my running, and I like enjoying my running. So I don't. I'm not really one for flogging myself. I'm not going to push myself too hard if I don't want to. So I'm looking forward to jogging Dublin and enjoying it. I pushed it fairly. I raced it last year, and it's it's hard to take in what's going on, uh, especially in a marathon like Dublin when you know when you're racing it. That yeah. Chicago looks good. I'm looking at the temperature for next weekend. The looks, temperature? Yeah, it looks uh, 6 degrees to 14. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So so as I said to you, Berlin, doing Berlin as the major has opened up a lot of doors where I've got what they call GFA, uh, good for age. Uh, turn, there's, there is a value. It turns out there's a benefit to turning 45. We all, all three of us turned 45 this year. It turns yeah. out marathon running is, is where the benefits are. You get an extra 10 minutes on all your GFA times. So, uh, but yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Dublin and then into the new year, it looks like it's going to be built around marathons again, unfortunately. <laughs> Just want to say I'm the youngest of the group. I'm the nipper of the group. Yeah, when's your birthday? Yeah, this. December. So you're not 45 yet? No, only ah. youngfella. Youngfella. But look here, lads, it's, yeah. uh, it's been really brilliant hearing about your, your uh, experience in kind of training, uh, the journey over, kind of the logistics, uh, the race day itself. Sounds amazing. And, you know, maybe let's... Uh, It'd be, wouldn't it be great if we had a group going over from Lusk AC maybe next year? You've paved the way. Uh, it's definitely considering it myself. Um, and uh, yeah, just thanks it's, a million for sharing it's the experience. A great, it's a great one to do. And as I said, it's the one that you can get into by just going through the travel agents. You know, you don't have to jump through too many hoops. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Uh, so thanks again. Really appreciate it. Um, no and good luck with Dublin. Look, looking forward to running yeah. with you guys. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll have a good time. Thanks Cheers. very much, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Really enjoyed chatting to Stephen and Paddy. I think it'd be really great if we could get a good group from Lusk AC taking part in the Berlin Marathon 2024. I put the link to the marathon website in the program notes. Good luck with the lottery if you enter. And if you're unsuccessful, all is not lost as you can purchase tickets with the markup, of course, through the various travel agents. So thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank our guests, Paddy Downey and Stephen Devlin, and all the team that are working on the Lusk AC podcast, Colin Brown, Julie Griffith, Nicole Hodson, Dwayne Moore, Sean Smith, and Colin Wall. As always, all the best from Lusk AC.